Welcome back, everybody. Um, today, we're going to talk about kind of a broad subject, just in terms of uh, support. That's something Eric wanted to talk about. I think it's a great topic. Um, could go on and on about it. And I think it's super relevant right now based on um, what's been happening in both of our lives, um, specifically kind of revolving around this whole mental health awareness that we've been kind of pushing it forward and helping people start to identify within themselves, as well as um, the work that's being done through that Stella Center that we partnered with and are referring people to for the dual sympathetic reset SGB shots. Um, we've, we've both talked about our own experience with the SGB shots in previous episodes. So if you haven't, if this is the first time listening, well, you know, check those maybe, bad boys out if you want, <laughs> Yeah, go back and reference those. But, um, so why that's important is we say it all the time. I know I said it on the first time you said it the other night when we did, um, your SGB podcast, but that shot is not the miracle cure. It is not the one and done. And it's everything in your life is puppy dogs and ice cream, right? It's there's work to be done that looks different for all of us. But regardless, it's it's a huge component of the whole sort of package. So the support function of this, it looks different in, in for everybody as well. So it's kind of identifying around you, the people you can lean into, the people that can help you, um, the people you can rely on to to share these experiences with because it can be embarrassing it can be intimidating some people um, are are just not willing to really open up or engage uh, some people are, are looking for somebody to help them so we talk a lot in the fire service about peer support and that's something we're going to touch on today too just our own opinions about that and what's good about it and what we can improve on because nothing is ever perfect the whole idea behind these conversations is to just kind of get the thoughts going and see so with that, I mean, I just, I say we jump right in and, and kind of like talk about support from different angles. Like you've got a pretty intense story you've shared uh, bits and pieces over the, our, our several episodes, but, you know, going back to when you first started recognizing the problems you had um, caused by the fire service, caused by other things. It's like, what did your support system look like? Was it good? Was it bad? Um, you know, were the holes in the game, peer support? whether or not EAP was involved, any of it. And then all the way up to now, we, we both have had support networks following our own um, experiences in the last year. So, and then uh, I've got some thoughts on how we can improve peer support and how it's a, it's, it's not a one, one size fits all thing. And it's certainly not an easy thing. No, um, not at all. A lot of people sign up for it, not recognizing that it can be exhausting. Um, it is a, it is a, it's damn near a full-time job sometimes for the amount of people that in our different tribes are suffering. So, yeah, but I think it's a great topic. I'm glad you brought it up. And what are your thoughts on it so far? Dude. Um, it's, I think there's the professional support, you know, there's the personal support for just yourself. Um, and when I say professional support, that could be on duty and that can be the doctors you're seeing. Um, there's family support, there's friends, you know, friendships that can support you. Uh, then, you know, your immediate family that you, you know, your wife or your kids or your husband or whatever. Um, then you can have your, you know, your sisters, your mom, your dad, if, if they're still around or, you know, that kind of support. So I feel like support is different levels. And as you, 
you know, finagle through this thing called life <laughs> and different support that we might need at different times in our life, whatever the challenge is. But specifically here, we're talking about, you know, more of the, the brain health and the tra you know, traumatic side of the job and dealing with the, the challenges that we've chosen to take on as, uh, you know, a fireman. But I truly feel like the support that I got through my process, um, and I, I want to give a huge shout out to, uh, first of all, Apple Valley Fire Protection District. Um, they really did, in, in my opinion, um, you know, we're a small department. You know, I used to, I worked there first, went to Long Beach, and then I went back to Apple Valley due to just knowing the guys and knowing the culture. Yeah, they don't make the greatest money, but you know what? That ain't, that ain't everything <laughs> about the job all the time, right? You, the support that I got mattered to me. And uh, they really, um, I feel like they took the bull by the horns and supported me as best they could with really not knowing what the heck the outcome was going to be. Um, we also had Ontario Fire Department. So when I used to be an ambulance operator for the city of LA County, well, the city of La Havre, but in LA County, um, I, one of my buddies, he's a captain now for Ontario. He heard about that. He's like, oh, I, I, that's Eric. That's my buddy. Ontario got involved too. Then Ontario got involved with, with uh, uh, Apple Valley. And then when I left Long Beach, uh, we were paying into the, the dues for the IAFF, but it was like, I think a year and a half or something like that. We stopped paying Long Beach stopped paying into that particular due. I didn't know a lot of us didn't know when I went to Apple Valley, um, they were paying into that due, but I had to be in it for like two years or three years or something like that to, for it to take in so I can actually use it. We called IAFF and they're like, Hey, he has, he was paying into it, but he wasn't for this many months. Um, you know, he's got to be in, you know, in it this long before we can reenact it basically ontario came in apple valley got a union reps and they're like hey man like this is our buddy and you know he's not a guy that's that, that's trying to play this system like we got to figure something out so i had support from ontario i had support from av fire and those guys definitely took the bull by the horns and they went up to this uh you know iaff and uh we got some pay covered in the beginning because it, it took about six months for me to get uh, reimbursed because of workers comp, because of the, you know, the mental health side. It's not, is it job related? Is it not? Um, you know, does the chief support it? Does the captain support it? Does the department support it? Does the board support it? Right. There's all these, these layers that go into something versus, Hey, you know, I was on a fire and it's obviously a job related incident. You got her on the fire. Yeah. We support this right off the bat. It's not that easy. So to get this train going, um, there's a lot of moving pieces in the support uh, that I got professionally from the job. I really feel like I was and still <laughs> very fortunate for all the guys that stepped up to um, back me and respect me and listen and take a lot of the burden that I truly, dude, I don't know what was up or down <laughs> at, at that time really for, for what was going on with me. Um and it, it just it just broke me down so that when they came in, you know, for me, that was the biggest support I think I could have gotten at that time of, you know, where I was at in my life, in my career. Um, they actually tried to take me out. Like I said before, they tried to take me off work and I said no, but then as, as time went on. Um, so I think the stories I hear of other guys um, with different departments, because, you know, we're in talks, you know, Fresno, for instance, dude, is I think they're they're a huge support in this, you know, from what I see, I'm not, I don't work there, 
but from knowing you as a training captain and then also from going to, we just went to a class with a doctor that we work with very close, uh, Doc Springer with Stella. And um, it was really nice to see different agencies there, guys come up, step up and take time out of their day to come and listen to, you know, Doc Springer about the SGB, about suicide in the fire service, you know, how we can have the post prevention, the prevention, um, different things that we could do to support our buddies, you know, men and women. So um, to see Fresno taking that, I mean, that was big for me. When one of your, your chiefs came up to me and I was like, hey, man, I listen to the podcast. I love it. I'm like, that's that's rad. I'm like, thank you for the support, dude. Yeah. You know, um, and I think that is very big in this culture because the more guys that we get to support the ones that need it, they may not get a retirement like I got. You know, they may still stay on the job, but they'll have, it'll be more of a choice than being forced to get off. There's a big difference there. When you have a choice versus we're taking you off. So um, I think professionally, man, um, and when I'm saying support, it's not to baby the person. I'm not saying um, they're going to. Well, let's the, the takeaway there is important for anybody listening is, number one, the program you're talking about is a form of paycheck protection and sort of an insurance that's paid through union dues to make sure that our firefighters, the people we work with, if, if something happens and there's a gap in the workers' comp and this stuff, that you basically you can put food in the dog's dish, right? Exactly. Keep paying your mortgage payment. So that's what Eric's talking about. And a really important point to, to take away from that, what he just said, is that when you as a person are in a really shitty place and you said it, you didn't know up from down, the last thing you need to be dealing with is a bunch of bureaucratic paperwork nonsense when your head is not in the game. I mean, you're literally having dark thoughts. You're maybe you're abusing a substance very badly. Maybe it is just something that you're dealing with crippling anxiety, depression, you know, anything. But the point is, is that when that person that we, that we love to preach about how we take care of our own, we talk all this big game about peer support and we're a family and a brotherhood and a sisterhood and all this other stuff, which is a huge draw for the fire service. But that's when you find out, you know, where that road meets the road. Is it true or is it just, you know, lip service? So, exactly. Um, that's a testament to the individuals from the departments you just mentioned that they were willing to step up and take the reins while you focused on your own personal health, uh, which is what should happen. Because when a person is in that crisis mode, they shouldn't have to be looking at a bunch of bills and a bunch of insurance documents and a bunch of this and that because this one signature was missing and all this other stuff, which just increases the stress load on that person is just trying to get healthy. So when you talk about the support and anybody listening, don't miss that the point there is that it takes the village. It takes everybody to do their part Mm -hmm. and recognize that the person that's hurting, like they're not currently equipped to handle all that. Sometimes they might act tough and they might say they got it handled, which I'm sure you did um, to a certain degree until that, you recognize that you didn't and then you were able to kind of turn that control over to somebody else and trust. It's not an easy thing to do for most of us. Um, so when you're looking at it from support side, I hope that's what most people are hearing from what you said. Cause that's what I take away from that. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm trying to say. I'm glad you clarify that. Cause sometimes that's hard for me to kind of explain, but it's, uh, 
Yeah, no, you 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 explained it, you know, very well. I think is that your union hat coming off or what, dude? No, you know, <laughs> just making sure it's clear because no, it, it it's funny because I mean, it. it's like it's hard for you to explain. I think because you're still so grateful towards those guys and girls that did that, and the, the departments themselves. I mean, you're still involved with um, Apple Valley. You know, I'm sure you still have your friendship with Ontario. You'll never forget what those people did for you, um, and. As firefighters, typically, we when we feel like we're in debt to somebody, it's hard because you want to pay that back. Exactly. And so that's what I, whenever I've had these conversations with you, that's usually what I gather from you is you feel this tremendous debt you owe people. And I think that that's great um, because that shows your character. But again, this is like, this is the proof of, of what the fire service is supposed to be mm-hmm. a lot about, which is that we step up for each other in times of adversity. Um, my department, Pete Dern, is probably the best example of that. Pete just talked about this recently on a podcast he did with one of our battalion chiefs that just retired who I got hired with back in 2000 and we started together in January of 01. Um, they did a quick little podcast about an hour. It was great. It was great listening to those two guys that are icons in Fresno Fire. Um, and Pete talked about you know knowing that while he was in the burn unit for nine months living in a hospital that 24 hours a day there was at least a single Fresno firefighter in the room kind of just outside where his room was down a hall. There was like a little staging room and somebody was on duty for nine months. Wow. And that was, that wasn't a paid position or anything like that, but it was just a a person that was there, you know? So, and that was pretty cool. I mean, I I personally came up a few times from, um, I was living on Catalina Island. So, you know, I made the trek myself to to do my part when I could. Um, And that was, that was obviously like a, a big thing for Pete and his family as it should be. But, the uh, the support, it, it's not always easy. There's not a manual for every single situation we're all going to encounter. So having the people that are willing to like figure it out, right? Having that random connection through Ontario Fire, like how fortunate that that got, that those dots got connected right? yeah, to, yeah. to bridge that gap for you in your time of need. Yep. yep. So that's, that's the takeaway is anybody that, how do I do it? It's like, well, Sometimes you just got to figure it out. It's just a matter of like getting the ball rolling. And once firefighters hear about things and they understand what they're getting involved in, a lot of these things take a life of their own. Yep. So it, it's true, dude. So like, you know, now I go back to Apple Valley. So I do a lot of the, um, it was pretty cool. So now that we're doing the Stella stuff and the SGB and working with some doctors and whatnot, you know, you got your stuff you're working on. Fresno, I got the stuff that I'm doing with Apple Valley now. We've got a lot of buddies from different departments that want to get involved. They like the message and like, Hey man, I'm stoked. You guys are you know, kind of speaking up and they're trying to help for themselves or the family or whatnot. But, um, uh, you know, with Apple Valley, uh, I'm an, I'm there, I guess technically like a health ambassador now is, is, you know, like you said, you feel like you have a debt to owe for the rest of your life. You know, first of all, I'm not going on, I'm not running the fire engine anymore. I went on a fire yesterday here in Fresno. I was like, man, I miss this stuff so much dude like i got so fired up i'm like let's go man let's go let's go and i think that's you know another thing i want to hit home is a lot of us yeah we can get burnt out or we can you know get injured from the job or whatever it may be but uh the majority of us deep down it's who we are and that's what i realized yesterday a lot dude was um with the support that i got from apple valley fire um, and, and, you know, Ontario, Apple Valley, Fresno, you know, uh, my Long Beach buddies and different departments. And I just say particularly Apple Valley because that's where I was working at the time. But going on that fire yesterday with you, um, it just, 
it just goes to prove it's how cliche this sounds. It's not just a job. It's truly not like it's in us, man. And it's, it truly is a part of our identity. It's a part of who we are. It's a part of what we want to do. Um, it's a part of who we want to be. It's a part of our internal strength, courage on, on a lot of levels, I think, to give back. Um, not only, yeah, you know, we love to help others, but it, it's all, you're also giving back to yourself because you're making a difference. You know, every time you're going to work and the job can get so <laughs> monotonous sometimes and just you get burnt out and the, the calls. And I mean, Fresno, you guys aren't any medical aids you know, like everybody else, but <laughs> yeah. just I mean, what, four working fires yesterday? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, dude. Um, but, you know, we're lying. It's just, yeah, that's what that's what people say, right? They're, that's, dude, they're, they think. He is not lying at all. <laughs> I mean, every time I'm up here, dude, there's just burns after burns. I'm like, gosh darn, dude. But uh, as far as the, you know, the support um, when the process started, guys truly had no idea what to do. It was like, all right, you know, like you said, let's let's start here and figure it out. Um, and as as the the process started to kind of you know take a face like a face of its own or whatever, however you want to call it, um, we we figured out more ways for the next person to not have to go through what I went through. Whether um, it's you know what program you go to or is EAP going to work or the peer support, how's the peer support going to work? Um, what guys are going to be on peer support? When do we check up on, you know, um, is this a, like a doc Springer talked about it, but you know, is it a prevention thing? Is it a postvention thing? Um, there's these little terms that, you know, we we're learning as we go through this process. And that's like our vision with this podcast is to hopefully make this path a lot more clear for guys and to have, uh, more tools in the toolbox per se to if one of you know their department's guys or girls go through it um there'll be more of a clear path to where you know what let's they've kind of i want to yeah, paved the way or started the path in some sort and then you guys can maybe go left or right if you have to but here's a starting point here's a possible end point maybe you got to kind of figure out like what's in the center we didn't know a starting point we didn't know a center point we didn't know an end point it was just, hey, let's go. Let's figure it out. Um, so there's a lot of things that have to get figured out. But the main, main thing to the support is to make sure that person is good. Make sure they feel taken care of. And, um, you know, you for me, I was in my head a lot of, oh, the guys are going to talk crap on me. Or, you know, he's just playing this system or whatever. It's like, just just stop that and go do what needs to Go get done what needs to get done so you can heal and either come back if you want. Um, if it's if it's that bad, you know, depending on where you're at in, in that healing journey, um, or heal to where you are now focused and you have a choice to figure out where do I want to go, not being forced to leave work. Um, but uh, you know, my union dude, they really did support me in a lot of ways there was so much paperwork and uh thankfully man i i never even had a lawyer dude which is a lot of, a lot of guys have lawyers you know through this process and the department's like hey we got you do this supported me you know and uh they helped with all the paperwork uh, iaff came through they said hey we got you man we looked through you know your records from from long beach Tapa valley we're going to push this through so that they came back. So I got a paycheck through them until the workers comp 
kicked in once once workers comp kicked in um and they got paid back so that took about six months or so um but uh you know it's one of those things that when when things are like this because for me um i was super whew, i was so down and you know there was a night that was really bad that i had a uh just you know i wanted to commit suicide one night and it was just really bad i'm like what's the purpose i was embarrassed you know, this is a joke what's the purpose of living uh, you can't do your job anymore you can't be a husband anymore you you've let your buddies down you let your family down i felt like i left god down i felt like i left myself down there's just so much negative talk in my own head that wasn't true but you start to believe that bullcrap and that's that's not right so um when you look at support that's another big thing that kept me going i was like hey these guys are stepping up for me you know, that helped me get through, you know, I would pray to God. I was like, okay, God's always had my back. So I can't let him down either. And, um, because you get in your head and you start thinking about yourself a lot. I did anyways. So the more I thought about other people, the more I thought about the support I had from Ontario, AB fire, long beach buddies, you know, me and you have talked numerous times. Um, you didn't even really truly know what was going on, dude. Uh, right. You didn't, it wasn't. No. Yeah. No, Cause we hadn't talked for a little while. Mm -hmm. I mean, I knew it. I knew Sable had committed suicide. Um, you know, you did the tough guy thing, of course. You know, oh, I'm good, man. I'm good. And when we talked on the phone, um, and I don't mean that bad. It, it's, what we, <laughs> it's what we do to each other, right? Because I was like, whoa, holy shit. What, what can I do? You know, which is kind of a hollow question sometimes. I mean, I, I would have done something for you if I could have, but uh, that's tough when you're in that spot to even say, oh, yeah, I need this or need that, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, no, I didn't know you were going through the uh, the time off the job or when you went to the programs you went to and, and the stuff that you, all the work you put in. I had no idea about all that. I just assumed that you were sort of navigating after that. Now, and I had no education on any of this stuff either. So I just looked at it like, oh, you just, yeah, you just got to get over it and move on, right? Like, much, that was yeah. my mentality was just, you know, just like most of us are taught. It's just like, yeah, hey, shit happens in life. That's horrible. It's not to dismiss that. I mean, I imagine but it's like you still still go life yeah life, yeah life moves on and it's it's tough right so yeah yep. no i wasn't uh privy to any of that yeah and the reason I'm, I'm bringing all this stuff up it's not to like rehash the story it's to rehash the support i got through this whole process that really truly helped the end outcome to why we're here today yep. you know that that's what i'm trying to, to no i think what you just said is perfect they um you know for anybody listening to that message it's like think about that for a second it's like in your darkest times you know keeping keeping in mind who's around you that support uh you you mentioned the class we just took with dr springer where one of her um uh sort of recommendations on how to assist somebody is to have them create um sort of a box of of things they're fighting for so to speak right whether that's pictures of your family or little mementos of things maybe people you lost people that are in your whatever you know just things in a box that like like her description was pretty intense she's talking about with warriors and and a firearm for instance like locking mm -hmm. a firearm in a box but burying it underneath a bunch of these things that you have to sift through first to get to that so that you remember that there are people in your corner that there there are people who are fighting for you and that yeah it might hurt or suck right now but like there are people that you're going to leave behind that are going to be shattered. You know, this, what you're doing is not a good thing. You're not making it easier on people. 
that was a big takeaway for me from that class was she was saying that as warriors and defenders and protectors that uh, vets, firefighters, cops, so the way we're wired is that uh, we, we constantly like neutralize threats and problems, right? That's our job is to, to, you know, take, make order out of chaos. So when we now assess that we are the threat to our family, our husband, wife, our tribe, you know, our brothers and sisters in the firehouse, you start thinking about taking yourself out because now you, you don't want to be the weak link. You don't want to be a problem. And so um, when she said that, that hit me. I was like, wow, that's a, that's a really incredible insight to take away, not just as a, as a person, but like from my company officer lens, you know, union brother lens, just even as a husband, all that. So I think that's important. And I, and I had the same feeling about uh, when I was going through my shit earlier this year, you know, following the DUI and just doing the, the navigation of my own process. I think the biggest driving force for me was that I had let so many people down and it was the same. It's the same different, right? Like fortunately I was able to, you know, I was still on the job. I still had the paycheck coming. So that part wasn't as difficult, but um, the damage that my mistake caused was what weighed heavily on me. The, the letting down of people that I feel like I've worked pretty hard for a long time to earn respect and credibility and knowing that no matter what, you know, your reputation is going to take a hit. You're, your credibility is going to take a hit. You know, people are going to, people are going to have feelings about it one way or the other. I mean, you're going to have people who unequivocally support you. You're going to have others. I mean, haters are haters. You're never going to solve that. But then there's the middle group of people that are just like, you know, oh, wow, that's, that sucks to hear. Or, oh, hey, you know what? He did it to himself or what, which, and not to say anyone's wrong, but knowing that, that, that was part of it. And then on top of that, having the support like you did from my department saying, hey, yeah, you screwed up, but you're owning it. And we support you as you move through this process. And they made sure that um, I knew everything was available to me that I needed. So I never doubted that, which just intensified my desire to follow through on this process and then try to do exactly what you and I have been doing. Because I was like, no, I got to make this up. I got to show them that I'm not going to take it for granted that in, in my time of adversity, I had my corner full of the people from my tribe, you know, and that was literally like the fire chief, the DCs, BCs, and in the field, multiple people. So it wasn't, it wasn't like what we think of when we think of just like the, our particular unit that we work with, but it was top to bottom kind of support. And so support looks different for everybody. That's what we started off saying. Right. <laughs> and then, yeah. uh, and it depends on the, depends on the fight that you're currently in, I suppose. Yeah, it does. Like, so I actually called a buddy this morning and, uh, you know, me and you talked last night. Hey, what do you want to talk about tomorrow? What do you think is a good topic? You know, what's kind of the pulse of what's going on? And so I, I actually called my buddy and I told him, I was like, hey, I'm going to bring this conversation up later. We're going to do a little podcast. And I was like, I won't say your name, but um, I said, what does support look like to you, man? What, what do you think if, for what you're going through right now? Um, what makes you feel like you're supported, you know, whether you feel more comfortable, whether you don't feel alone or you just feel like you're, you're hurt, you're heard, you feel understood. Um, and so we kind of paused for a second. He goes, you know what, man, what I really figured out is I know it sounds pretty, pretty simple. He goes, but you know, your work buddies, are your work buddies, um, you're there to do a job. He goes, and with inside those, you know, the firehouse, um, not everybody has to know everything about you. He goes, you pick and choose who you want to talk to. 
you pick and choose um, who you want to let into your personal life. Because when you first start in the fire service, you know, you try to think everyone's there, that everyone there is going to support you. The brotherhood is always going to be there. And we are there for a job first. That our job is to, you know, we know life safety, incident stabilization, property conservation. We know all that. We know all that. But um, as far as the, the brotherhood, um, that's meant more and more to me and, and my buddies. It's like that brotherhood is going to be on a personal level. That brotherhood might be two or three people. You know, it may not be the whole department <laughs> or your whole battalion or the whole station or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. It might be just a couple people in the firehouse or in the battalion or in the department, whatever, whatever that is. Um, you know, he goes, we, we need to really choose wisely who we hang out with, who we confide in, um, because things can be used to stab you in the back. Um, things can't, which, which we know that's life. We know that. But uh, when you're really going through something that's really, really to the point of where you're like, do I, do I really want to be here? Do I, do I want to not be here anymore kind of thing? Um, make sure you pick and choose the right people um, that you're asking for support. Because some people really don't have the credibility to give an opinion because they just maybe have been through it. They might be able to support you in a, in a different type of way. Just say, hey, I'm here for you, man. Awesome. That's great, right? Um, but that was something I just I I took from him because I like that makes sense, man. He works for a very respectable department. It's a very busy firehouse that he works at, and uh, you know he's not just with I don't want to say just, but he's with like twenty other guys, and uh, it's it's something that means a lot for any new guys coming in or guys that have been in the job for a while. Like, pay attention to their character. Pay attention to how they talk around the kitchen table. Uh, pay attention to um, just pay attention to all those things because you know as 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 life goes on as we get older just you know we we lead the newer guys coming in and even when the newer guys coming in they're not always young dude you know they can be guys that are coming in from career jobs uh, in their 30s they're not going to be maybe in their 20s so uh, the fire service what I've realized for me it's a very special place um, the kitchen table there's a lot of awesome conversations that go on. A lot of joking, a lot of making fun of each other, a lot of, you know, just a lot of great stuff. Uh, but just pay attention to that because when things do get difficult in life, it's like you want to you wanna have somebody you can connect with. You want to have your tribe. And I don't know how it is for you, but I know for me, it's hard to connect with people that are not in the same line of work per se, into a certain stores you're talking about or calls you run, you want to have a good solid connection with someone to where that leads to a deeper connection of like maybe other issues in life because then you're like, wow, we run those calls, we lack sleep or um, I'm feeling super hypervigilant or just not connected or not present. And when you're like, oh, you feel the same way, man? And you're like, yeah, like, and how's your marriage, dude? And, oh, you know, we're kind of feeling like this or feeling like that. Um, to have your group of buddies that you can really truly talk to. We've had guys come here to, to the house, man, and, and have had some awesome conversations and guys that I just met, well, some for the first time. I've never met them, but there's just this energy in the aura of like, you know what? I can, 
we can, I can open up. You don't, you just, it's, that's what you want. That can't happen for everybody, nor does it have to happen for anybody. You don't need to have open your whole life story for everybody. That, that's not what I'm trying to say. Just keep it to where you can control it within your tribe or whatever. Um, yeah, there's a difference between being a professional where there's people I respect on my job that I don't like. Mm -hmm. I don't want to have dinner with them. I'm sure they feel the same about me. I've said that before on the podcast, right? Um, but what you're saying and what's important is that building relationships is fundamental to having a support structure. Yeah. It can't be that in your moment of need, you, you know, you're looking around, you don't even know who's around you. And that was one, another fundamental point in that class we took recently was that, um, you know, the important part of all of it is the relationships built before a crisis happens. And that one stood out to me in the, one of the slide deck that she had, because I thought, you know, that's, that's the key point in my opinion to all of it, where, um, you could have every structure and, and system and, um, policy and procedure and EAP in place. Everything could be rock solid. But if there's no trust, if there's no cooperation, if there's no human connection with a person that's in your tribe or at least culturally competent with you, understands how your brain works, like that's such a massive barrier to making any progress, especially when a person is at the point of a crisis. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I've talked about it before where I didn't perceive myself as being at rock bottom, still don't. I, but, you know, I, I went all in on the process and I, I see, over these past several months as I've, we've talked and stuff, it's like, yeah, I could have easily been there in a few more years, maybe five, maybe 10, maybe less, who knows. But, um, so I was fortunate there, but, uh, so the idea now is to prevent. So you mentioned about prevention or post mention is like prevent others from getting to that point where there's, Hey, you're beyond the point of no return. You know, you've either experienced so much that, that you will never be able to overcome it, which, you know, we don't want to have that mindset. No, we definitely want to let people get that bad, but, or it could be as simple as you do something that's irreversible. You know, I was fortunate when I got, uh, cited for drunk driving that I, I didn't hurt somebody else, you know, yeah, or myself that I would have changed the outcome of a lot of things. Right. So, um, while I, I'm not absolutely not proud of what happened, um, and I've suffered consequences all year and still for that, you know, as I should, um, out of that, I've tried my best to make a really good thing come forward from that. So, but the point is, right? Like I did have the support. I had tons of relationships that I built for years, decades that I leaned into and in, in various ways. And, um, I felt comfortable to do so because a lot of the same people have leaned into me over the years and I've helped them in their times. So, if you're feeling isolated, if you're feeling alone, you're not part of the tribe, you're not part of the team. I mean, stepping back, taking a look, it's like, ask yourself first and foremost, are you trying? Are you putting in? Are you actually trying to build relationships? Because maybe it isn't everybody else. Maybe you're the problem that's keeping everybody else from, you know, bringing you in or being part of the team. If you're isolating in a room all day at the firehouse, you're not engaging in, you know, the normal behavior with the fire station antics and daily 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 routines and training and everything else. Um, and this isn't saying you need to go above and beyond and be a union person and participate in ex extracurricular stuff, but just saying in general, just 
building those day-to-day relationships with people. That's a fundamental part of building your tribe. So that's a key point, dude, to look at. We're talking about peer support, the prevention, right? Um, that's how I used to be. I stopped that stuff. Guys would tell me, dude, where's, where's the old patch at? Like, because you're not laughing as much anymore. You're not getting involved as much anymore. You're just kind of just doing your own thing now. Like, you're not really laughing and joking with us. Yeah, I'm training still. Yeah, I'm trying to be involved, but I was just cold to everything. I started to isolate myself. That was a big sign that we all see now. Back then, they're like, wait, he's acting different. Okay, whatever, dude. You know, he's just going through something. We're going to write him off, right? When you know that's not how the person is. So if there are, if that's how the person is, you know, like you said, that can be a reason maybe why maybe it's you. But if, if you're doing those things, like you said, I'm not saying you have to go and do all these, you know, be a part of the union and, and do all these other things that you want to do. Or if you don't want to be involved in training, that's fine. But it's just taking your role in the team, in that tribe. And uh, if things start to change that, you know, start asking yourself some questions, you know, that's where that peer support and coming like, hey, you know what? Maybe when you're training or you're working out or after a call or the morning or, uh, you know, after dinner or whatever, hey, is everything cool, man? You know, before the crisis starts, before maybe they somebody goes to become an alcoholic or that becomes more apparent or um, they become suicidal or they start taking more sick days or whatever, start paying attention to those things because the, I would say the majority of the time, the majority of us want to be there and we want to be involved. Uh if we're not, and you're seeing those personality uh, changes or more conflicts, um, you're more checked out of calls, you're more checked out of station life, all those kinds of things, uh, something's probably going on, you know? Um, so I just wanted to, before I, I forgot. That's perfect. Um, no, but, and that's, that's the next step to that is, like I said, start off by saying, if that's you and you're not participating, like take a look at yourself. But on the flip side, if a crew member is doing that, maybe you're everything's status quo for you way good but when you when your buddy padge starts disappearing stops participating starts acting different that's an interview question right <laughs> exactly it's what they yep. ask you on interviews whether it's a rookie firefighter interview a captain interview it's on a on a test it's you've got this person 20 year fire medic who's always been a 10 always worked hard always showed up you know been an above average or better employee type person now that person's showing up, you know, at 758, walking in, looking disheveled, you know, not shaving, going to bed early, like sleeping late, sleeping through the day, exactly, uh, not working out, not yep. maybe not eating it with the crew. Maybe they are, but they're not the same. All those little things we've talked about, but, um, and everybody can probably picture in their head right this moment, people they, they've worked with that have done that. So that's where you have to gauge the involvement of like, have you built enough of a relationship with this person to bridge that gap and say, Hey man, like, I know you're not good. So don't give me some bullshit about, yeah, bro, I'm good. I'm good. What the hell's going on? Exactly. And what can we do to help you? Right. That's key, dude. So that's the difference between just yeah. doing the, what we said before, hit him with the good. <laughs> yeah. Right? With the good, good. Well, he, he told me he was good. No, it's all. I'm good. Yep. Like, I did my part. And it's like, no, you, you have a real relationship with people, you know, when someone is not good and, you know, it shouldn't even start with a, uh, and it's weird. I mean, they can tell you to go pack sand and that's a different animal. And depending on your relationships, I've got many that, you know, we can be pretty brutal with each other as you need to. And that, that trust has been built over years though. So that's the other thing to, to keep in mind. It's like, 
I do things intentionally to make sure that I strengthen that, those bonds with those people, you know, over the years. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think that that whole support structure is, it's something that you're building from the time you start the job and really in, in life in general, you know, just not, doesn't just relate to firefighters. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's the area we're speaking from. Yeah. I think there's, they're like, when we first started this, we were talking about, you know, different uh, levels of support, you know, and that's kind of what we're talking about. It starts in the fire station, you know, noticing your buddy. There's like, there can be like a level one or it can even be at, at the house with your family. And if you guys have built, like, you know, I think it's awesome, dude. Um, if, if people want to take this as a blueprint to their department, I'm sure a lot of departments do this, maybe a lot don't, but you guys do that uh, family uh, wellness night now. Like explain kind of that, what that support is. Yeah. Well, when I went to the center of excellence, uh, I told it on that episode, whatever, way back when we started this about how one of the most profound experiences there was the nightly meetings that we had. That was, it was called the AA meeting, but everybody at the table wasn't necessarily a drunk, you know, um, my issue had been boozing at times. So, um, going and sitting there at that table with a bunch of people who had all these different uh, reasons for being in this place and listening to their stories and seeing each person at some point reach a point where they wanted to share and open up some kind of unburden themselves. That was a powerful experience. And then, um, so it, it kind of sparked an idea in me that like, why can't we replicate something like this in our own fire stations, our own, or not stations, but our own departments, like our own unions, our own departments. Like we say all the, we have all the bumper sticker language, you know, I'm not a fan of <laughs> about, um, you know, the brotherhood and this, that, and another. I mean, it's like going to a union meeting and there's two people there out of 350. And it's like, Oh yeah, it's a brotherhood. Okay. You know, it's like, as long as everything's going good, nobody's participating. You know, it's as soon as we go to the contract negotiations and all of a sudden there's 75 people in the union hall. But the point is it's, it's like, proactiveness right being preventative on this because knowing there's people that are suffering who don't know they're suffering which was me last year um thinking i mean you talked to me a year ago if you were trying to intervene with me i'd be laughing in your face hell yeah you would be like you know i mean i'd entertain it let you run with it i'd probably fuck with you just to see like how far i could get you to take it because like oh yeah this is conversion you're trying to like you know yeah you know but the point is, and I can be honest about it and laugh now, but it's just, that's the mentality I was in. Cause it was the norm, you know, living in chaos, hundred miles an hour, super intense, but I'm good. Everything's great. This is, this is, this is normal, isn't it? I'm not, how I'm not suffering. Look at this is suffering. You know, this is, this is like, I, I, my wife didn't commit suicide. I didn't go through what you went through. Right. We did the comparative trauma thing. We talked about that where it's like, I'm basing myself looking around at like, Oh no, other people have way worse than me. So. I just need to toughen up if I'm even having a bad day, right? So the point is, it's like just coming to me in a quote-unquote intervention way, I know that isn't going to work. So while I was there, I had this idea of like, okay, if we can create a space, right, where we have, we open it up and it's not going to, 50 people aren't going to come the first night. I didn't have delusions that that would happen. But I was like, I know there's guys and girls I work with that, you know, are hurting. So I was like, if we can come up with a wellness night kind of concept and have it kind of bookended by um, a doctor, you know, who's willing to come and participate with us. So I approached a local therapist who, uh, who is very culturally competent, competent and we get along great. And I just said, hey, 
I have this idea. What do you think from your professional opinion? Is it a bad idea? Do you think there's value? And she, she thought it was great. She's like, I love it. Let's, let's give it a shot. So she volunteered to come with me. So I sent out the email a month in advance and 25 people showed up to the first one. And it was not firefighters. It was firefighters and their spouses. And so there were some firefighters that came solo, some that brought their wives. Um, I don't remember, I don't remember any of our female firefighters bring, bringing a husband that, that, that night. So regardless though, um, it kind of took on the life I thought it would. I, I did my normal thing where I broke the ice, just being a knucklehead and saying like, Hey, don't worry. This isn't a AA meeting where we're going to say, hi, I'm Shane. I'm an alcoholic, you know, or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Everybody has to say hi, Shane or whatever. Yeah. 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 I was like, I don't even know what this is. It's informal. There's no agenda. This could, this is just for us to sit and talk, you know, and I'm yeah. going to tell you this last year has been a ride and here's why and blah, blah, blah. And all the stuff you and I've talked about on the podcast with brain health and SGB. And I'm like, and I got a clinician right here to call bullshit on me if I step out of line or say something that isn't right. So that, cause it's important to me, you know, to not say things that aren't accurate, especially when it comes to this, this kind of topic. So that was the idea behind the wellness night. The first night was super successful. There was many, many, um, we scheduled it for two hours. It was well over three hours. It went, nice. everybody there shared, uh, kind of took on a life of its own. Last one, we had about a dozen people there. Um, but that was kind of my fault. I had been in Chicago and I got back and dropped the ball on getting with the doc on solidifying a date. So I sent it out like a week in advance. And so people are busy. They got kids and things like that. So we'll see on the next one. I get a lot of FaceTime from people saying like, Hey, they're asking how it went. I think a lot of people are kind of waiting to come they're letting it develop it's for sure kind of natural um but what i will tell you is that it did if, if if the rest of the time nobody ever comes to this thing like i'm i feel like it did what i wanted it to do and it so far i know of at least one person that it has saved um and he told me that and he's a, the guy's a, a good dude um and he came the first night to support me it was very funny so we're the topic of support exactly. his exact words to me dude when he showed up um, because we have a public safety wellness center here in Fresno that was um, that is sort of a joint PD fire. It's an old PD substation. Got it. Across the street from a firehouse. And uh, they basically said, hey, this is the wellness center. This is a place for cops and firefighters to go and have quiet time. There's a gym, locker room, showers. And these rooms are available for us to, to we don't have to pay for them. We just show up. We, we do a lot of the debriefings, the CISDs, the CISMs, all that stuff there. Got so, it. Very cool concept. It's it's still newish. I mean, some of the guys on the job didn't even know we had this thing. So we need to do better about making sure that people know that resource is there. But we scheduled it there, showed up. And as I said, my buddy walks up to me and, and I believe him. He said to me, hey, brother, I'm just here for you. Like, I want, I'm, I'm proud of you for what you're doing, which I appreciated. You know, he's, it's what buddies do, right? He's saying, and I could tell in his head, he's thinking, yeah, I'm good to go. Like, I'm, but I'm just here for my buddy Shane, which that's a typical firefighter thing, right? I would probably do that. Yeah, of course. I would probably show up for you if you started this night in my head thinking, oh, humor Eric. And yeah, I'll, I'll show up. And <laughs> I'm good, but you know, my, I know my buddy needs this and I got his back because that's what I do. Right. Yeah. So that's exactly what he was doing for me. And if he's listening to this, he knows who he is. So I got you, sucker, because that was the goal <laughs> was to get you there. And not just you, but others that need it too, to hear these things because it was different than the intervention tactic of like, hey, bro, I'm worried about you, where the magic that happens is as that as that round table 
talked. Um, it wasn't even a table, but just as the circle kind of shared, the you could see the light bulbs literally going off in his in his head. And I, he even joked that he wanted to poke me in the eye because I kept looking at him. Right? He said in his head, he's thinking, "Dude, you better stop looking at me. I'm gonna literally poke you in the eye." You know, he was getting pissed. It was pretty funny. But afterwards, he was he was he was hit pretty hard. You know, because he heard so much shared in that experience that others were having the same problems that he was having or doing the same things he was doing, experiencing the irritability, the, the uncontrollable bouts of anger, um, the sleeplessness, the un, unexplained, you know, sort of like overprotectiveness with the family, with his children, you know, outburst, uh, road rage, um, cynicism, no longer enjoying anything, not being present. I mean, fill in the blank, right? Most of us that understand this stuff and have put in the work now understand that the majority of us have, if not all of those, at least a pretty good amount of checks in that, in those boxes. And to my buddy's credit, and I told him this, you know, um, I was like, Hey, you, you had the humility to, to recognize that. And you stopped that train before it got too bad. And I was like, that was the goal of this thing was that you don't get a DUI. You don't get divorced. You don't go out and lose your shit in public and do something or have an experience that you can't recover from, you know, because you didn't even know you were in this bad of a way. And, uh, and all joking aside, he wasn't a specific like target of mine. And I didn't, I I didn't go into it with a specific targets in mind. I mean, I just know that a lot of people I work with are in similar, um, they, they're just similar to me. They, they're doing fine. They're not, again, I've said it multiple times here, right? I, I wasn't a rock bottom, not in debt. You, know, you look at the surface, my life's really, really good. Um, doing well at work, being successful, blah, blah, blah. So it's like, what, what does this guy have to worry about? And that's, that's a lot of my, my coworkers. But there's that intensity that's there for a lot of us. And now that I understand why, I understand how the brain works. It's like, oh, yeah, well, I can help them see that before the train continues to pick up speed and ends up derailing. Like, that, that's worth it all the way. So... Mm-hmm. that's the wellness night that's what what we started we're just we just called it fresno fire F- uh family wellness night because i was like i don't have a better name for it <laughs> you know but it's kind of it's kind of like i said i'm interested to see another thing that came from that and please anybody listening feel free to steal this or improve upon it and you know let eric know or me how or stuff you're doing in your own organizations but one of the things i wanted to do was kind of loop the wives or at least the spouses back together into the fold a little more there was some some stuff that came out in the first meeting about um, like one of our buddies that we work with, he had gotten injured on a call and nobody called his wife. And, Mm -hmm. and I don't believe for a second that was done on purpose, but it was also in my mind, unacceptable that, that, you know, she felt like she wasn't on the team. Right. And and, it's been informed. Yeah. You know, so it was one of those like, okay, Hey, that was, that was a, a kind of a blind spot we have. Let's shore that up. So we talked about it from a union perspective of how we could do better. Um, and then following the meeting, one of the wives reached out to me and she's very proactive about wanting to get more of the wife involvement, actually even creating maybe like the wife groups, maybe in these wellness nights, having like sort of subgroups, you know, like breakouts going and having these things with, with wives of various seniority, so to speak, where like they, they've been on the job with us for two decades or, you know, three decades. I mean. They've got the experience to share with some of the younger wives who are like new to this tribe with these new, you know, so it's kind of an interesting dynamic that's starting to take on. So, um, cause there is, uh, you know, I, I don't know if 
I'm sure a lot of guys have heard, you know, men or women have heard this, but, you know, I know a lot of the, the firemen, firewomen are, can be suffering, but, you know, we have secondary trauma too. You know, we, we bring that stuff home and maybe your spouse is hurting and you don't even know it, right? So those family, you know, nights. And so, you know, the topic of support, um, you know, starts at home, starts at opening up with your, with your family. You don't, you know, depending how that relationship is, you may not want to come and just, you know, diarrhea of the mouth and start, you know, talking about everything. But, you know, if you're noticing things are different, if, you know, your sex life just isn't the same, you're not connected anymore, communication is bad, you're, you know, just more negative feelings and you're more critical or, or, or whatnot. Um, you know, I think it's awesome that you guys are, you know, doing that up here because that for one gets, you know, the guys that are on duty, more more connected and you might see guys that you didn't expect and you're like oh wow hmm, that person's here because i've got i've had those conversations with guys too that have kind of come to realizations and they're like man i'm gonna look like a phony if i start talking about this if i start supporting this it's like you ain't no phony man life happens you know you, you go through different challenges in life and you start having a different perspective and different opinions because you know uh you might lose a loved one or one of your best buddies might lose, you know, might lose a loved one and you're seeing the support they get. So it opens your mind. You'd be like, Hmm, that didn't happen to me, but what if it did, you know, I need to support this. Right. So as far as the, you know, family health and wellness night, it's, it's those things, man, that just support, you know, we, we say, what's that term? Uh, you got to start stuff from the top and, and, and it needs to go down, but it's like, dude, you got, you got to start from the bottom, dude. You know, you got to start from the bottom, man, and, and it, it comes into the firehouse. It comes into really a trusted buddy that is like, dude, this person's off, you know, and it's not like, like with how you are with me. You don't baby me one bit, dude. You know, you're truthful, but I respect that. That's, that's the majority of the time of what is what we are looking for from a workmate and a buddy is tell us the truth, not don't just give me, you know, flowers and fluff and, and woo-woo stuff to try to hey everything will be good bro it'll be good you you good okay cool cool yeah yeah yeah. how's the family are we good you know no like come from the right place of like are you really good what do we have to figure out here let's let's figure this out so you know you can get back to where you need to be or your family or whatever right so support has so many levels man from the house to the you know to your department to uh you know your battalion to your you know your leadership of the department the city it's, it really is truly such a, you know, it's, there's a lot to it, you know, but I would say if you feel support from the boots on the ground, your closest buddies and like the crews you're working with, um, that will solve. If you don't even have some, you know, if you don't have support from the city or you don't have support from maybe the higher ups at, at that time when it's getting started, if you have support from your your buddies within the tribe of, you know, your crew and stuff, that will go a long way. I feel like it is for me. I don't know if you feel the same way or not or. Yeah, no, absolutely. The, uh, one of the harder things to do is, um, you got to kind of consider the source sometimes, right. Of, um, criticism or people trying to intervene, stuff like that. So, uh, I know for myself, like, I'm not easily swayed. I'm not easily, you know, um, if you want to offer me criticism, I want to listen, but you better have a pretty strong argument because I'm not easy to 
push around or to, you know, convince, so to speak. You aren't, dude? Yeah, weird, right? <laughs> but I'm not unique in that either. A lot of most yeah. firefighters aren't. Most firefighters yeah. are pretty set in their thought processes and how they believe. Um, and there's obviously lots of, you know, differences in personalities. You had a lot of alphas in there that are, you know, uh, it's just natural that there's a lot of conflict that happens. So I think that um, that goes back to everything we're saying about it's, it starts with building the relationships and those relationships take a long time to forge. Um, but it also comes back to being honest both directions, like being honest with yourself, being honest with the other person. Like I was talking to somebody recently about they're studying for the captain's test and they were asking me about, uh, you know, the scenario of like your engineer comes in smelling like alcohol something like that some interview question and i said yeah well that there's only in my opinion there's only two like zero tolerance where there's nothing you can do to help somebody and that's sexual harassment or workplace violence you put hands on somebody violently or sexually there's not much i can do to help you as a as a captain um but if you came in and you had a substance abuse problem like believe it or not that there's a lot we can do to help you it really is, you know, it's, it's not to say that we condone somebody showing up drunk to work. Of course not. That, that's like kind of obvious. It's like saying that we condone somebody driving drunk. Uh, no, of course not. We don't condone any of those things because there's multiple problems involved in that. But if, if somebody approaches you, right. And is willing to give you some, some honest criticism or honest, um, feedback about what they are perceiving in you it's like might might be worth listening to <laughs> you know as a person who um is going through something maybe you don't even realize it you yeah. don't know how bad that is and that's where i feel like a lot of times we just look the other way like the people in the department they just kind of chalk it up to like oh that's just so and so or oh that's just what happens or oh that guy's thinks he's tough or that guy's not tough or that, you know I mean? Fill in the blank. Yeah, Whatever exactly, bullshit dude. you want to assign to that. Um, and that's, that's one of those tough things too. Cause you know, at the end of the day, when do I cross the line of sticking my nose in your business, you know? And so it's, it's tough. There's not a manual or matrix or check sheet that says do these 10 things and it's always going to work out the best. You mm -hmm. know? And that, that makes me think of our peer support teams and how, that's a, a new ish thing in the fire service in the last few decades. And, you know, taking an honest assessment of the individuals that are involved in those processes and are they really the best people to be doing those things? And do they really understand the commitment involved? Cause I think the other side of this coin is, so now I come to you as an officer and I say, um, Hey, the guy smelled booze on you. What the hell's going on. And you just go, Oh yeah, we just had a late night. And blah, 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 blah. And it's like, now, is that the truth? You just had a late night, which, okay, probably not the best decision to show up to work. There's some stuff we can do to figure that out. You know, not a good thing. We'll, we'll talk some more about it. Or is it something that like, hey, we've been noticing for months. This is a problem, right? Now, now you're at that crossroads of like, I can still help you if we go this way. But if we go this other way, it's beyond help. And there's nothing I can do. Like, you, you know how this disciplinary route goes. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. So... When you get peer support, it's like, well, is it a quick phone call from people? Are they willing to drop everything and be there for you? Are they willing to? And it, and unfortunately, crisis doesn't have a, a clock where 
it knows that hours are from eight to five on Tuesday through Friday. <laughs> True. So that's something I think it's lost in a lot yeah. of the people that want to help. They, they genuinely think it's a good thing that they want to help, but understand the commitment you're making that you may have to leave in the middle of dinner. You may need to take a lot of phone calls. You may be on the phone for hours. You may need to have somebody uh, or, or you may need to you know, disappear at random hours of the day and night to, to legitimately intervene with somebody and be there to shepherd them through a difficult process. If you're really truly wanting to be part of something like this, that's what I think you need to be willing to do in order mm -hmm. to be a, a part of a, a, a real peer support team. I, we got some studs that I work with that are doing it and have been for a while. Um, and I'm proud of them for how far they brought us. Um, and so it's, this isn't a dig on anybody. It's just kind of a, take it serious. If you think that you want to be involved in something like this, cause it sounds good on the surface that, yeah, I'd love to be a peer support and help out. And it's like, well, there's a, there's a responsibility that comes with that. And there's almost a consequence too, because there's the whole compassion fatigue that can happen. There's a, a certain amount of, you know, you get, you, you have a success story with somebody and then you get a phone call the next day and it's super intense. And now you're shepherding somebody else through a process. And, um, you know, the rewards that I, we talked about with helping people sort of shepherd through the Stella process has been amazing because the SGB shot is so effective. Yep. And it's one of the few things that we've seen that, you know, legitimately makes a difference instantaneously versus it takes months or having to physically go out to a center of excellence or a, Institute of Health or something like that, you know, so um, just food for thought as as you're listening to this and thinking in terms of your own support and your own department's support, including the peer support. It's like taking a good inventory of that re often, I think, is important. You made a good point about um, bringing stuff from the bottom, too. I think that's what's really cool in the fire service is if things are done right. I mean, a lot of times it's a firefighter that changes the changes the world, you know, um, <laughs> we get kids that come in and they're fired up about the fire service and they want to do great things. Right now, this electric vehicle fires are a big hot topic in Fresno. We've had a handful of those recently in the last few months. We had a really gnarly catastrophic Tesla explosion, which, uh, which killed two people. And, um, now was following like a week or two prior to that, there was another Tesla fire that burned for a long time. So we got these young kids they are super fired up, you know, got backgrounds in chemistry they're on the hazmat team it's like dude absolutely i want to empower them to to make positive change so same thing goes for the peer support stuff i mean i'm sure that as we continue to move forward this this kind of stuff will grow it will improve there'll be other modalities that are available but it it takes work yeah it, it does take a lot of work man and i know for me i i guess this mental health thing for me was a big big humbling experience for me and um I never truly knew I was struggling since I was a kid to an adult. I really didn't know I was struggling. I thought it was fine. Um, but there's a lot of people out there that do have bad childhoods. There's a lot of people, you know, men and women that, uh, you know, just have so much stuff that they may not feel heard and they get into the fire service because maybe of their childhood. They want to feel like they have a – they feel – wanted or they can go help because maybe it's the help they didn't get and you know you see this you know in the marines a lot and i feel like you or i say that the, you know the army and the fire service and stuff the doctors and first responders it's common denominator i see in a lot is yeah their, their childhood childhoods were messed up and they, they're trying to sometimes even close a gap 
between um, trying to find a bigger purpose or give back because maybe there's something they were missing. So all that stuff will lead up to, you know, you go into an adulthood and then maybe the marriage doesn't work or you become an alcoholic or, uh, you know, you're no, you're, you're feeling distant from the crew because of the calls you're running or whatnot. So um, it's just not one size fits all. That's what I'm trying to say. There's, there's just a lot to it. And, uh, you know, I, I was under the impression of for a very long time that, you know, no one cares about you and, um, just, yeah, life goes on. That, that's what I told my department when everything went happen, when, when everything went down, they're like, dude, take, take two, three, four, five months off. And they're like, we got you. I was like, dude, life don't stop for me, guys. Life goes on. They're like, no, this was really serious, bro. Like, I'm like, okay. And I ain't gonna be the first, I ain't gonna be the last. <laughs> that was my mentality. Cause that's, that's how I survived, you know? And which is, that's what we got to do. That's life doesn't stop. That's, I feel like that's a good mentality to have, but you also have to have that balanced with, I need to make sure I take care of my crap also and not just keep going and going and going and going, realizing there is an underlying problem before it gets too bad, before you become that alcoholic, you know, or maybe you get a DUI or you happen to kill people because of that night or you kill yourself or a buddy kills himself. Like these are all the things you're trying to bring, you know, to the forefront of like, no, it's a serious thing. You know, it really truly is because yeah, it is. So, um, you know, peer support's a great thing. And, uh, Support from the department's a big thing. Um, you know, if there's any wives out there that, you know, maybe, you know, like, like you said, you're doing with Fresno, maybe they, they, they need some support, you know, um, in, in a lot of ways. And I know how it was with, you know, when I was married with Sable, um, she just never really liked, she never got along with, uh, I mean, she got along with, with them, but just kind of felt, alienated because in the fire service one thing you have a lot of different cultural backgrounds too you have the religion that's involved you've got maybe uh you know how they were brought up from their family or whatnot like sable never really felt uh, comfortable because you know they were from it was from a different religion we only hang out with our religion right which i totally do not agree with but that can cause issues too yeah. You know, so there's a lot of things that can come into this support vehicle of understanding who you're working with. Um, it's not our job to live their, our life, you know, to, to live their life for them. It's not our job to make the decisions for them. But when we get into the fire service and we get into this type of work, we don't just clock in at nine, eight, whatever, and we clock out. It's, it's, that's not what we do. It, it's, it is a part of our life and it's going to be a part of our life more than likely until, you know, if we have a long, good, healthy career until we die, it's still going to be a part of our life. I, I'm, you know, I got this retirement, but look, look what we're doing. It's a part of me. You know, I want to do more now. <laughs> it's not like, Oh, that, that's done. You know, you have, you get the retirement dinners, retirement breakfast, retirement days, whatever, because it, it truly is, man. It's, it's something that we all love to do. So um, I just think support's big. You know, it's like I've said before, it's not to baby the person, it's to let them know like, hey, um, let's figure out a solution here and let's try to get some kind of path, um, some kind of vision to where we need to go and let's start working towards that. And uh, if you don't know, hey, that's fine. Let's just start. That's what we do with AV Fire. And look at where we're at now. Um, I've, 
I use them as an example all the time. I, I love wearing the uniform when I go out and I'm like, hey, these guys are supporting me, man. You know, um, come up here to Fresno and, you know, use social media and get that awareness out there because uh, one suicide is is one too many, in my opinion. And there's a, there's, there's a lot out there. So, and, you know, a, a big point with, with Doc Springer and, and it's how I was, the majority of the time, it's not the calls. It's the embarrassment. Guys really need to pay attention to that. How we interact with each other, how we communicate with each other, how we support each other, more than likely, I know of, I know of one down, down in SoCal. Um, he went to the union hall a few times. Hey guys, I need some support. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm hurting. Dude, you're, you're fine, bro. Like you're fine. This wife found her husband. He hunk himself in the garage. Still an active, you know, part of the union. Does this thing. Um, great, you know, very respected fireman down, you know, down in the SoCal area. And uh, there was numerous things he tried to do to hey, let's 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 get some mental health going. Let's get this passed. Let's you know do some different things because he was suffering inside. Um, and he would just like you know what? No one really cares. And so he went he went and hung himself. And his now his wife is now widowed. She has to deal with the trauma from finding him in the garage. Now those kids don't have a father. Um, it's a real thing. And I get passionate about that because. You know, embarrassment and not feeling part of the team or taking your life because you feel like the team is better off without you, that crap needs to stop. Like, that person's life matters. That motherfucker that is making somebody feel bad because they got to get hope or that you that isn't supporting that, it's like, hey, man, if you want to have a suicide in your department, all right. It's unacceptable to me, dude. <laughs> it truly is. Yeah. You know, it truly is. And I think for, we can't prevent everything. I'm not saying that's, that's, that is. No, but you're normalizing the conversation. And that's, <clears throat> that was another key point in that class was that in, in quote unquote, normal people, mm -hmm. you know, suicide is not something that they, is like in the forefront of their mind or in their face every day. But um, when you're dealing with emergency calls, where we go on, I think the estimates were three to 500 traumatic events in a career, depending on where you work. It could be more, it could be less, whatever. But regardless, it's like the average person gets something like two to five, something I think is what they, the stats, if I remember the, the Yeah, slide, I forgot right? the stats, but it was, it was like, significantly you know, more, yeah. So the takeaway was that, you know, we know suicidal thoughts are, um, going to be encountered at some point in someone's career. So rather than make it taboo or not talk about it or shun somebody and, oh, yeah, Eric, you're fine. You're just being a wimp, tough it out, whatever kind of thing. Or um, like normalizing it, making it easy to have access to this support structures, depending on what they are. And that's going to take the right people for sure. Exactly. Not everyone's equipped to do that, nor should they be. That's That's one of the cool things is that, you find the right people within the tribe, you know, the so-called healers that can do those things, right? But um, no, your passion is completely warranted for it, I think. I mean, I, I feel the same. That's one of the things that I'll steal from my current deputy chief of ops. I mean, his his exact words to me was, 
one of his major goals is that we never lose a firefighter to suicide. Yeah. And that's why he's so passionate about peer sport. And that passion bled over to me because it was actually something I'd been in, if I'm being honest, it was never something I'd really considered. It's not that I don't care. And it wasn't that I don't care about uh, the people that I work with or that I was ignorant to the fact that that's a possibility. Like, of course, I, I realized those things happen, but I had never put it in that mindset of, well, how about we make a goal where we never let it happen, right? Yeah. I feel like I would have responded to it happening in a good way, like positive, been a support, you know, but why not get ahead of it? Why not normalize it? Why not prevent it from happening? And so when he said that to me, that, that lit a fire in that sort of direction too. So yep, no, I agree with it, man. So. Yeah, and, you know, how, talking to some buddies from different departments, they're they're not getting the support we're getting. Yeah. But they aren't, and they're struggling, right? Um, and there's, there's, you know, plenty of people I know that are in command positions that think mental health is like this. That's not, it's not real. We'll support it. But deep down, they're not supporting it. You can feel that. Yeah. It's like we're just doing it because, okay, we want to look good or whatever. Like we got to check that box to say we support that. Hey, look at us, right? No, it, it, it's there's it's it's a real thing. It's, yeah. We can see it on scans, dude. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah, it's no, a real thing, man. The the it, that's a good point. Where uh, for anybody that is listening that isn't getting support, I mean, that's where I would hope that you would reach out and ask us because like some of this is grassroots. Some of it we're building. It's not like it was there and that infrastructure existed. I mean, uh, again, back to had I not gotten uh, pulled over that night. None of this exists. There's no SGB shot talk, at least in my my circle. Maybe, maybe somebody else. I mean, not to say that it would never happen, but I'm just saying that where we currently are, um, it's all on a trajectory from that one mistake I made. And um, that's cool. That's a good thing that we've turned it around. We've made the best of a shit situation. Um, and hopefully it will continue to help people because um, so whatever somebody in their current situation is dealing with, it's like, well, there's got to be solutions there, you, you know, and it may not be that easy to see right now because you're too far in it, but that's why you need to reach out you exactly. need to send us an email. You need to send us a text. You need to, Hey, I don't, I, I want to start a wellness night. I'll tell you everything I possibly can on how I got it started, how we did it and how I think it's going to take a life of its own. I don't want to control it. I don't want it to be my thing. I want it to be our thing where everybody, I don't need to be there every time. Right. Yeah. But exactly. I wanted to have a life of its own. Yep. And that was my goal. But somebody's got to start it. And if I've got to take all the sniper fire first, well, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Right. And call the recliner snipers. Yeah. <laughs> fire away. Like yeah. the proof was in that. I and mean, like I said, if it's just one person and it wasn't just one out of the, the two nights we've had, I know of at least half a dozen that have immediately pursued um, some form of therapy or help. And I know I, I got multiple texts just saying, thank you. This was huge. I didn't even realize blah, 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 those things. So, you know, I think on the, on the, the last thing I'll touch on for support is something that's personal with you and I, with the SGB shots is to those of us, or to those of you, the people listening that have actually considered it or have already done it. Like, I hope that you're continuing to do your, your work after that shot because that shot gives you that reset, but then that's when the real work starts. And I hope that you recognize that before you went, if you took the advice that, you know, was given and, and all the resources that, um, that you figured out what your support structure looked like. 
so that you built that up. And, it, and if you didn't, I hope you reach out so we can help you figure that out. Um, but that's a huge part of this is that this, this is, there's no, there's no reset button that I've ever heard of, nor do I think there ever will be that will fix everything forever. It's just not possible. Life is too complicated. There are too many variables. You're going to have daily challenges. Um, as we speak, I'm a week out from going down south and getting the full right and left side dual sympathetic resets. I think we mentioned it on your podcast about your SGB, but uh, next Monday I'm going. Yeah. And so five days out, right? Six days out. Yeah. And um, I, I'm, I'm very grateful that that is even an opportunity for me to, to go do that and participate in such a cool, innovative treatment knowing how well it works. Um, and I've, I've been lately kind of in my head going through a sort of an after, after the shot sort of plan on how to take advantage of that calm and control um, that I hope is enhanced. I still feel it from the first time I got the single injection um, that I still feel calm. I still feel, most days I feel calm and controlled, but I still have some racing thoughts. I still have, I'm still super intense. Maybe that's just how I'm wired. Yeah. We're going to find out, you know, by next week is like, will that intensity turn down a little bit? Is it going to stay the same? I don't know. I don't have an answer and I don't have expectations as I go into it. But I've thought a lot about the, the afterwards um, in order to protect that work and give that every chance to, to really help me out and see where I land. Um, but that's the other thing is I have tons of support. I've got a great wife who has been by my side through this whole experience. Um, great group of friends, you know, um, people that I work with for the most part that I respect and enjoy working with. And I share a lot with, they share a lot with me. Um, I feel like a lot of us are going through this together, you know, having you here with, you know, all the connections to the outside agencies. It's just, it's a, like, it's a very cool, unique time. I feel like that we're involved in. Yeah. You know, so I'm grateful for those things. And I'm being very um, intentional about uh, noticing those things. I yeah. appreciate it. So that I don't, I don't have any illusions that, you just go in, you, you do the shot and everything's gravy, right? Like the next day I could get terrible news and that's just life. So, um, but knowing that that's there, knowing that, um, I now know how to like activate the support that I need when I need it is really important. Knowing that I feel like I've paid back best I can exactly. the mistakes I've made. Yeah. Um, and that we're going to continue to do that. That's, that's part of it, you know? So for me anyways. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's perfect, man. And I think the biggest thing, there's a lot of takeaways from all, you know, a lot of this, but you have to support yourself first. I truly believe that. Um, people can give you support and you can take it for granted. Well, that's what they should do. Well, no, duh. Life gave me this or life gave me that. That's, that's what my, sh my department should do for me. That's what my wife should do for me. That's what my kids should do for me. That's, that's yeah, I, I'm in a hard job and yeah, I'm all, you know, no, it's not what we're saying. <laughs> it's like, don't take that stuff for granted like you're saying, but it's like, first of all, you supported yourself. You actually got told, dude, you're fine. You don't need to go do that, dude. You, you have the, enough self-discipline and enough support for your character and yourself. I mean, like, I'm going to go do this for me because 
I let, you know, whatever, I let these people down or they respect me or um, maybe I've lost some respect or whatever, right? But you supported yourself initially to make sure you take or you go down the right path to fix the issues you created, right? Some of us can create our own issues, you know, a lot of the time that's what it is. Um, we can even do think we're doing everything the right way and then issues just come our way. It doesn't matter. You have to support yourself first. You have to look in the mirror and be like, hey, what can I do right now? And then the more you support yourself, the more people will support you. That's what I've noticed. Um, that makes sense? Mm -hmm. You know, um, the, the more you put the work in on your own, the more that you're realizing where you're at. Um, and it's like you're gonna... <laughs> You're gonna attract what you're putting out. If you're if you're just lollygagging it and not really trying to put the work in and you know trying to manip manipulate the system for yourself or abusing the system, you know. I don't want to say this, but I'm going to maybe that that support is not there because that's where you've gotten it at. Like you said, maybe you're the issue, right? Um, so. When we're talking about support, it's use the system is there. It's not an easy system for this type of subject. It can definitely get very complicated. But if you're doing things for the right reason and you're supporting yourself, you're looking for the answers, you're putting the work in, you're reaching out to the right people, guys are going to see that and you're going to get the support. What I've seen. Um, well, and I, and I think another important part of that is that you may not need the quote unquote system. Right. True. Yeah. So let's not forget that, um, you know, we're not just talking about people who are at rock bottom, suicidal, substance abusing or any of those things. We're talking about some people who are literally like not doing any of those things, but they're still suffering because their sympathetic nervous system is stuck in the fight or flight. They're in an intense job. So they may not even know anything's going on. And so yeah. it's not to say you need to go to a therapist, isn't that, or to the center of excellence or the Institutes of health or any of these things. Right. But one thing I like, I saw this recently, but it was like, your diet isn't just what you eat, right? It's what <laughs> yeah. you think it's who you talk to. It's, you know, where you go, it's what you consume yep. mentally. So if you're reading the garbage news, it's garbage in garbage out. If you're watching garbage shows, TV, whatever, it's garbage in garbage out, you know, just like junk food. My buddy said recently, like he, 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 that's what he called it was junk food because he'd been engaging in some behavior consistently that he knew he wasn't happy with, but it was just like kind of stuck in that feedback loop. And I said, well, you already fucking know it's a problem. So now you don't have an excuse to be doing this dumb shit. It's one thing when you don't know, but when you yeah. identify that. It's not even like literally you're shoving burgers down your face all day. And it, so you're going to be 400 pounds. I don't know what to tell you. Like if that's your jam, all right, have at it. Not my <laughs> business. But it's the same, you know, it's a, it's a concept that's important. It goes back to things like stoicism where yeah. understanding, you know, that the quality of your thoughts will dictate how your life is. So that to me is what you're saying when you're talking about supporting yourself. It's recognize we're all different, right? Your discipline looks different than my discipline but we're both disciplined people. You know, your daily routine differs from my daily routine, but it doesn't mean that the things you're doing for yourself are wrong because they're, they're not the same as mine, right? Exactly. So it's a matter of like 
being honest with yourself. And maybe you don't know. That's another thing. A lot of people are not self-aware. So maybe it's time to start looking in the mirror and figuring out what do you want? What makes you happy? What makes you feel good about yourself? And what are those pursuits? And will you put the time in to do them? So the gym is one thing for lots of people because they go and they feel good because they quote unquote look good, but they're super unhappy. Mm -hmm. And then they booze all night or you know, they, they just um, compulsively date over and over and over. You know, I did a lot of that for years where I just was constantly dating different random women. Um, is that bad or good? I don't know. I, again, it's a junk food. It's a, it's, I'm not going to say it's good. But I'm also not going to say it's like horrible. I mean, we've all ate junk food, right? So, but it's a consistency problem that if that becomes the routine, well, all those things are interconnected. So your diet is much more than the food you put in your mouth. Yep. No, it's, that's great, dude. I love it, man. And um, I like how you said it's just because your routine's not the same as mine or mine's not the same, you know, isn't the same routine as yours. Everybody's different. And, you know, we're talking about this last night. It's that old saying of, you know, you have a, a nice big thing of, uh, you know, awesome ribs or tri-tip or steak and you're so hungry. You can't shove that whole thing down your mouth, dude. You're going to have to take it, you know, piece by piece, right? That's the same thing with all this, man. The support system, supporting yourself, looking at yourself in the mirror, being honest and truthful with yourself, knowing um, that, you know, you got to fix something. So anyways, no, I, I think it was awesome, dude. I think it was awesome. Um, you know, if there's any other, anything we didn't hit on this one that, that, uh, maybe you want us to bring up or if something did resonate with you guys definitely hit us up um you know you can reach me at epagetcoaching at gmail.com uh, you can reach shane over at ricfirecaptain at gmail.com yeah reach out to us there um and uh you know anyone that m might feel like well that's nice eric had support or shane had support i, I don't have support support yourself first and uh hey here's our podcast here's support right here um you know, reach out to us. And if we got to maybe uh, pull some weight for you with the support we've got from our departments or our, you know, the networks we have through doctors, departments, friends, whatever, union reps, seriously, reach out to us, you know? So if you feel like you don't have the support, maybe there's something you're missing that you don't see or whatever. So um, I know I'm, I'm willing to do that. I'm sure Shane, you, you know, I don't know. I don't want to I've called, I've called for people I've never even met yet. Yeah. Perfect. I've, I've had people reach out um, from a webinar I did and I've called um, the center of excellence for those people that are in contact. So um, I think the last thing I'll add real quick before we close out is just also when you're taking stock of your current support system, recognize that sometimes you got to trim some fat. That's a good so, point. You yeah. know, like maybe you've been status quo for years and years and years and the people around you aren't the right people and they're not necessarily going to change with you. And so you have to take stock of that. So if you're a boozer and all your buddies are boozers and they're not willing to accept that about you, that you're going to change or that you're, growing out of that or whatever i mean that can be scary because now all of a sudden all you've ever known you're looking at the precipice of losing that and it's like you have to you have to kind of do some math in your head and say like well it for me for my health for my long term my longevity everything is like you may have to make some tough decisions yep. it could be a marriage thing it could be like the, you're with the wrong person maybe you're with the right person and you're the problem yeah but maybe it's the other way around maybe once you do your work 
and you recognize, yeah, you know what? I'm an okay person. I, I like who I am. And then you take look stock around your life and you're like, oh, you know what? I've been surrounding myself with people who aren't, um, you know, in the same camp as me. And that's not an easy thing to do either. So it's very difficult. But it's part of the process. So just keep in mind too that like you may have built yourself a tribe and sometimes that tribe is not the one you want to go to war with. Yeah. So that's a good point, dude. That's a great way to end it out, man. So awesome, guys. Thank you so much for listening and uh, we'll see you guys in the next one.